0: Begin after eight cats. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was slinging puns at a bnB when he had no an epiphany. And think a part about. Sit back and let Spencer do a
1: trick, cause you're incapable. Thank you, TJ Drennan. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall. This is Keep Off the Borderlands. Hello,
2: Spencer. I'm not yet all of the way through your latest episode, but I want to tell you not to forget
1: that in the new year, we will be starting with Hammer Horror, and your name is on the list
2: and as also, I've just got to the bit with the Lego dice. And of course, do not forget that the faces
1: don't have to have single four two by twos. They can also have four different individual ones. And some of the Lego games do that. So there's much more variability po- po- potential there.
2: Bye. And sweet Jesus, there's got to be more coming on there. Now, i just got to say, i just got to say, and I don't mean to to be, you know, blowing anybody's trumpet about anything of this kind of thing, but the Tom Barbellay, with his easy dice as he calls them, they're coming, direct from listening to Andy Chambers talk about Strontium Dog in the interview that I did with him That's yours truly. And that I asked him about those dice systems because I love them. And they're used in Mouse Guard too. So I just want to say that while Tom is carving up a feast with those dice and
1: it's good that you're doing the same, there's more from before. (laughs) The many voices... Of Barney from Loco Ludus. And yes, I did attribute that to Tom Barbalay. But as Barney pointed out, this was an idea that came from his interview with Andy Chambers. Which I actually knew all about. So apologies for the misattribution. I have no excuses. Yes, and about those Lego dice. There is the possibility for having, you know, four different colors on one side, or you've got the uh, two by one panels as well. So, potential for all kinds of variations there. Whether anything comes of that, I just thought they were quite cool things to play around with. But uh, as with most of the other things that I suggest, they so rarely develop into anything. So,. You've got that to not look forward to. <laughs> oh, and I think he might have a little bit more to say. Oh, uh, hello, Spencer. I, er... Uh, I, uh
2: I... I was tempted to leave you another message. Uh, but then I thought better of it.
1: So, uh, I didn't. Uh, maybe not.
0: Hi Spencer, it's Goblin Sengeman here. I just listened to your recent podcast when you briefly touched on this issue of can you make players feel fear in an RPG as opposed to, say, the gamer... I think Ray Otis in one of his more recent podcasts, although I've been working through his back catalogue, so it might not be recent, um, also sort of gently touched on this topic or may have covered the idea as well. And I did wonder about this idea of maybe having the normal game, but having a metagame over the top where the DM invites a player each, um, you know, maybe each room you enter to take an envelope and that envelope is for that player to read. And the idea is that it contains essentially... Uh, in game information and meta game information, some sort of instruction. the idea is that other players begin to worry and get freaked out, and also there may be a cue for the player to do something weird when something happens. And the whole idea is to engender sort of like a kind of in game fear anyway, just tooling around. I spent a goblin tenchmin here back. my message got snipped by the proverbial one minute anchor limitation um, but yes the, I think I pretty much covered it. the idea of this sort of meta game over the top of the normal game where, you know, each player is each player becomes uncertain about the motivation of the other players um and how that then reverberates through the game in through their, their PCs. Anyway, it's not a really I haven't really formed the idea. I'll probably never quite get round to, to writing it up, but um that's the gist of it. Anyway, cheers fella. Um I have obviously heard you knocking around all the various anchor uh podcasts so I've sort of recently tuned in um, so probably only one or two episodes into the into your your um thing, but uh, keep keep it up. I'm, I'll keep following and see see what I learn from you. Cheers. Bye.
1: Well, thank you, Goblin's henchman. Great to get a message from you. I'm not sure whether there's anything I can actually teach you. In fact, listening to my podcast could very well lead to level drain. But. You mentioned an idea there that touches on something that I'd kind of been toying with a while ago. where trying to create a setting based on the Annihilation film and the Southern Reach trilogy by um, Jeff Vandermeer. So I wanted, I wanted to create this kind of isolated area that was full of these weird environmental anomalies and i wanted to give those characters ulterior motives for being there and um and, and this seems like quite a simple way to do that actually just um giving individuals information that only they are privy to and that information being of a nature that they wouldn't want to disclose it to the others and it would also plant doubts in their mind as to what might be motivating the other members of the party so this kind of sense of unease this sense of distrust and on top of that i wanted to allow people to re-enter the game after their character had died In the Southern Reach trilogy, there's a suggestion that certain people aren't who they say they are. They're not who they used to be. And I wanted to do that in a kind of a sort of a, almost like a body snatchers kind of way. When people die within this environment, they are kind of reborn out of the environment. But they're doppelgangers. Although I I wanted to do that in such a way that it's not entirely clear to the characters that they aren't their former selves and that um, their subsequent behaviour might be influenced by the environment itself, you know, what's given birth to them, what they've been reborn out of and uh wondering about how I could reintroduce them into the party, but not have them fully integrated in the sense that I wanted to create some doubt within the party that these people aren't who they claim they are and and yet the environment being so threatening that that would keep the party together, that's their best chance of survival. I wanted like a living landscape that would disorientate the characters and it would be very easy for them to get lost. Their mission would be to get to the centre of this area and then come back as directly as possible to the point where they entered because that would be the only way they could get out again. And it struck me that the hex flower would be Ideal for doing this I think I gave you the impression that I'd actually started work on this thing which I haven't so apologies for that but uh, but I'll play your next message anyway
0: Hi Spencer it's Goblin Sentiment here Th- thanks for your messages today um, firstly thank you for sending them but secondly thank you for uh, sending them because I didn't realize I was getting voice messages until yours popped up, and then it took me to the folder where they were stored. And I discovered I had about five five messages I hadn't responded to, so I feel a bit of a a chump. I guess it's because I don't do my own podcast, so I wasn't used to seeing these messages come in. So apologies um, if if uh, I've not responded to you in the past. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, no, great. Uh, it'll be really really cool. And if you if you want to send me your Prototype Hexflower might be able to give you some tips, because recently I've been thinking about a no-return mechanic on the Hexflower, where um, oh gosh, I won't bore you with it, but uh, it's uh, it's a way. I'm rambling, aren't I? Anyway, cool. I'll uh, I'll happy to look at what you're doing. Cheers, and
1: uh, Thank you for that message, uh, Mister Henchman. <laughs> I j- I can't call you Goblin. But uh, I, I wanted to play that just in case that message applied to anybody else that um, Goblin Henchman may not have replied to. Pretty sure I haven't sent you any messages in the past, but um, it's, it's not the most intuitive system, the old uh, Anchor app or the website, however you're accessing it. Um, but, uh, yes, she said you didn't want to bore me with your no return hex flower, but I think I may have already bored you with the similar idea. But as for sending you what I've come up with, I stress that I haven't actually come up with anything just yet. And you'll find that that might be something of an ongoing theme with me, but we'll see. But thanks very much for your messages. Spencer, you know, for a bloke like me, it's so much easier just to do a posh English accent, you know. It's really tricky to do all these other ones. Anyway, Barbelay or the Barbalet? Er, uh, well, you see, you spell it like Barbalet, uh, but you say it like Barbelay because it's got some kind of, I suppose, French accent. Uh, Pronunciation, something like that. Anyway, there you go. Cheers, fellow. Thank you, Barney. Um, yeah, Barney, there again. I'd realised that. Um, oh, I'd been saying Barbalet. I was listening to Barney talk about Tom Barbalet on his podcast. Realised he was saying Barbalet. I thought I'd gone back and actually listened to Tom Barbalo's podcast to check how he pronounced his second name, and yet I'd still managed to say Barbalet, despite wanting to say Barbalet initially. Uh, so I'd actually, in attempting to correct myself, had uh, uncorrected myself. Well, you know what I mean.
2: Hey Spencer, Jason here from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I suspect the audio quality will be pretty horrible. I'm in the van, going to work, in the rain, so we'll see how it sounds. Anyhow, enjoyed your latest episode, glad to hear you back on the mic. Um So I talk about horror and how I flubbed a horror game that John Allen Large played in. Actually it'll be on this coming Wednesdays podcast. On today's sixteenth, so 18 December's podcast. It'll be on that one where I go in depth in it, but I don't know. I, I think you can, you like, well, we've talked before. I think you can make a player uncomfortable and you can make a player think about a game later and dwell on it. I'm not sure you can actually scare them at the table per se, not without cheap theatrical tricks, but again, it's great to hear you back on the mic and I will talk to you later.
1: That was Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. And thank you very much for your message, Jason. I feel like I'm kind of going around in circles a little bit. Although I've got no problem with talking about it further. I may have uh, set up my stall incorrectly initially. I think what I was trying to get at was the possibility of making the players fearful for their characters and having their characters act in a fearful manner without having to rely on some kind of fear response system or panic mechanic as I like to refer to it but yeah I mean it seems like something I'd talk about forever when what I really need to do is try it out but we'll see about that However, Jason, you may be pleased to hear that I finally watched Mandy. Now, um, how best to describe it. An exploitation movie, psychedelic horror slash revenge thriller masquerading as an art house movie rather than the other way around. It's no less enjoyable because of that it kind of it was reminded me of several films actually performance texas chainsaw massacre there's a little bit of uh, hellraiser in there and i don't know if you've seen it but there's a great british movie called dead man's shoes uh starring paddy considine it's kind of a a similar theme of revenge that involves uh <laughs> Psychedelics great movie well worth checking out but yes I really enjoyed Mandy and it's always good to see Nicolas Cage in a film that's crazier than he is because for me that's the only way Nicolas Cage works these days (laughs) while it may not be a timeless classic I certainly had fun watching it so thanks for the recommend Spencer, Evil Jeff. Just
2: listened to your latest podcast where you did your little unboxing with the limited edition cover for Old School Essentials. It's very nice. Now I was starting to wonder there. You were going on and on about it. I was thinking, you know, in a second you were going to have to go get a room or something. Yeah, you're starting to. It's going to have to be uh, keep off the Borderlands after dark. And that's where we were heading. Anyway. Catch up with you again later on. I'm uh, heading home myself right now, and there's nobody home, so maybe I'll go find my copy of the book and lock myself in a room.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Evil Jeff. Evil Jeff there from Minions and Musings, and yes, was getting a little bit steamy there. I was certainly working up a sweat trying to get that packaging off. I can tell you that much. I'm glad you enjoyed it but it is a real beauty. well that's enough from me this has been Keep Off The Borderlands thank you so much for listening thank you for all your messages if you want to leave me a message there's a link in the description there's also a link to my email address at Gmail.com. if you'd rather contact me that way and a link to TJ Drennan's Patreon who provides all the music you hear And uh, a particularly entertaining Christmas song has just popped up on that page, which uh, my three-year-old daughter was fascinated by, but I refuse to play it to her again because I do not want her learning the words to that. (laughs) Uh, It just remains for me to say, if things get dicey, just roll with it.